0: Navarre gives to Perry, Perry through the middle, touchdown Michigan! And the Wolverines have won it in overtime! Michigan wins by a score of 27-24, and the team storms the field to mob Chris Perry! WCBN Sports, 88.3 FM, Ann Arbor, WCBN.org on to attempt it for the Wolverines. Holds your breath and Arbor as Navar gets set. Places down. Kick is up. It's long enough. It's good! It's good! Michigan wins the game! Michigan shocks Washington and the Wolverines are victorious! WCBN FM and Arbor. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and uh, Jim Dwyer, my partner, is uh, off tonight. He's got uh, pressing schoolwork responsibilities, so we'll see him next week. Jim, of course, teaches public high school uh, here in Ann Arbor, and uh, like everybody, teachers have these Pesky deadlines that they must meet at all times, and uh, I'm sure that uh, Jim's students appreciate all the extra work that he does on their behalf, uh, because where on earth would our country be without public education, which is under attack? <laughs> uh, obviously, the big story of the week is the uh, election, um, so we'll wrap, uh, wrap up the, this year's election and talk about some of the uh, key aspects, themes, some of the results, and some of my observations. Of course, if you've been listening uh, to the show over the last uh, six or seven weeks, we've been talking a lot about the election for obvious reasons. Uh, this, is a very, this was a very, very important election. And at the end of the day, um, I think that the media is, is uh, kind of overstating some of the things that happened here and maybe understating some other things that are happening. Uh, First of all, um, I'll mention a couple of observations from a couple of uh, pundits from the mainstream media that I think got it on the nose. And uh, then we'll move on to some of my observations, as well as uh, some of the interesting hidden numbers in the results. Real quick, though, I wanted to briefly comment about the Keith Olbermann situation I'm a huge fan of Keith Olbermann and uh, I think he's maybe the only person on television that's willing to really uh, speak truth to power maybe the only one really there and of course he got into uh, minor problems uh, involving some campaign uh, donations that he apparently made in the late stages of uh, this uh, these congressional elections Now, Keith Olbermann has a very complex uh, role at NBC, so I'm not really going to uh, judge Keith Olbermann until all the facts are in on this. Uh, But I am going to say on on his behalf that, um, you know, let's not get confused about $7,200 that he may have given to three different candidates with the millions and millions of dollars that Fox News poured into this campaign. And, of course, if there's one uh, theme of the campaign— that I think was missed by the mainstream media, was the role of money uh, in uh, the outcome of many of the uh, races. The media, unfortunately, will focus on a couple of big money losers like Meg Whitman and Linda McMahon, the uh, wife of the uh, wrestling tycoon. I think his first name is Vince, but I never watched that garbage. It's uh, one of the problems with America, <laughs> Big time wrestling is fake, and uh, many of the issues in this election were fake. I reported last week that it's been brought to my attention and uh, reported in the media that, for instance, $75 million was uh, specifically spent on attacking Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, of course, made a lot of news this week uh, because she's continuing to run for um, uh, minority leader now. And we can talk about her in a second. But as for Keith Oberman, as an American, he has a right uh, to donate money. The question is, did he violate an internal NBC policy? And this seems to be a little unclear. I'd like to point out that Keith Oberman over the years has been an anchorman at NBC, not only for their political coverage on MSNBC on uh, election night, but uh, last year, for instance, he was uh, doing uh, NFL football on Sunday night. And he originally got started in... Uh, Um, uh, broadcasting, so to speak, on ESPN. He is a sports expert, uh, a good one. And uh, it's unclear to me whether he actually violated any real policies. So we'll find all of this out in upcoming uh, weeks and upcoming shows. And I certainly hope he's allowed back on the air, uh, even if these were uh, technical violations. But remember, he has a contract, and contracts... (laughs) can have ambiguous phrases, uh, and certain clauses of contracts indeed can be unenforceable under uh, state and federal law. So uh, let's let the, the, the dust settle with Keith Oberman, and I hope he's on the air, uh, ASAP, because uh, as I say, I think he's one of the few people on television that's ex- actually speaking uh, truth to power. Uh, We talked last week a little bit about the wave. That was obviously uh, certainly a mini-wave. I think the Democrats did get out the ground forces uh, in uh, adequate numbers in some states, but certainly not in enough states, and thus there was a mini-wave. But I would say that the overall theme of the election was that the Republican Party recaptured their flag, and they gained some seats, obviously. The big seats that they gained were obviously in the Midwest. These races were very close. The key three states in the Senate that they uh, regained were Pat Toomey in Pennsylvania, um, Ron Johnson uh, taking a uh, defeating the incumbent in uh, Wisconsin, Russ Feingold, and the very very close race in Illinois. And I hasten to add that the Green Party in Illinois cost Julianas that seat. So I want to give a brain damage award out to the Green Party. The Green Party ran in several states where they actually hurt the Democrats. And needless to say, the media is not talking about that. Um, But uh, facts are facts. Numbers are numbers. And Kirk, uh, for instance, in Illinois, did not win with 50 percent of the vote. Um, And the Green Party had stayed out of that race, uh, they would have... uh, Uh, Julianus might have actually been able to win that state because it's interesting to observe that the uh, Democrats did win the governor's race there. Also in Colorado, the Green Party made the race uh, a little closer than it should have been. And Michael Bennett did better in the polls, uh, a little better better in the polls. I think that the polls were a little inaccurate. They uh, did reflect a little bit of a Democratic surge at the end that I think uh, averted complete catastrophe. And if there's a silver lining for the Democrats, I think it was the, uh, the election, re-election of Michael Bennett. He was an interim uh, senator, so he had only been in the Senate for less than two years. So he was not really an incumbent, basically a newcomer to politics. And he defeated Ken Buck, a very odious uh, candidate. And I think that was a big win for the Democrats because um, Michael Bennett is a good guy. He's the future of the Democratic Party. He's talking about real issues uh, he ran a positive campaign, a good campaign, and hopefully that can be a model for other candidates. But as for this notion of uh, recapturing the flag and sticking to their talking points and essentially offering the American people nothing except uh, rhetoric and rubbish, I think that the GOP unfortunately remains the uh, party of goo, oil, and poop, and uh, that's what we're left with. Um, Obama, of course, made his, uh, his own mistakes, and um, obviously the economy was the main issue. But the idea that the Republicans have some sort of a mandate here, that there's overwhelming support uh, for their positions on policy questions is false, uh, which we can get into in a second. Uh, for instance, I pointed out that uh, in Illinois, uh, Mark Kirk did not win 50 uh, percent of the vote uh, Mark Kirk, by the way, is a moderate Republican. He actually, in the debates, bragged about uh, being pro-choice. He he uh, noted uh, positions that he had supported, that the Democratic Party had supported, and uh, he was, uh, you know, he's not the end of the world. Now, Pat Toomey, on the other hand, is a different story. And I want to make a distinction here between the confusion about the Tea Party and their role in this campaign, The Tea Party is really trying to overstate uh, their um, influence on the election. Um, The New York Times and their uh, very interesting coverage, the Thursday edition, by the way, of every even year uh, regarding uh, national elections in the New York Times I think is always uh, worth picking up because they have actual number breakdowns and they have identification issues. But to claim that uh, Marco Rubio and Mark or, or Pat Toomey are members of the Tea Party is is ridiculous. These are Tea Party people that may have jumped on their bandwagon at the end. Maybe they worked on them on their on behalf of their campaigns. Marco Rubio was Speaker of the House in Florida. Pat Toomey was in Congress uh, for uh, I think six years. Back in the in the uh, earlier part of the decade, and he, uh, you know, had run against Specter before. He'd been uh, the president for the Club for Growth, which, uh, in fact, really should be called the Club for Deficits. And he's a mainstream Republican. He's not a Tea Party person. The real Tea Party people were defeated. O'Donnell, Angle, um, Buck and it looks like Joe Miller in Alaska. And the only real victor here was Rand Paul. And as I said last week, America is a sucker for celebrities. Uh, He was destined to win after um, Jack Conway in Kentucky ran that unfortunate uh, Aqua Buddha ad that just (laughs) didn't make any sense. And got him off message and created a kind of a diversion for the last couple weeks of the campaign. Conway had actually narrowed that uh, race considerably. It was always leaning Republican from day one. And, of course, Rand Paul is interesting because he's in complete contradiction with Mitch McConnell on a variety of ideas regarding policy. Uh, He's included... uh, threatening to shut down or uh, maybe uh, filibuster the um, um, debt ceiling uh, vote that will be coming up next year. Uh, That would be a fascinating uh, political uh, drama because uh, if America defaulted on its debt, I don't know what would happen, but uh, we would be going the way of Greece uh, long before we should be. So... um, Let's not overstate the role of the Tea Party uh, in these elections. Certainly, they elected a few House uh, members here and there around the country. But if you kind of look at their scattered uh, support, it's it's sort of haphazard. It's not coherent. And, of course, the Tea Party has completely incoherent ideas about uh, what to do next. The American electorate is confused. Uh, they don't understand macroeconomics. And it's fascinating that Obama would have a press conference at 1 o'clock on Wednesday after the elections. Some of the races had not yet been decided. And indeed, the Alaska recount, well, hopefully it will go on as long as uh, the uh, uh, Al Frank in Minnesota recount did a couple of years ago. Hopefully there will be lawsuits and delays. And neither one of the Republicans can be seated for quite some time. Uh, One thing I got incorrect, although I picked it as an upset special, was I thought Scott McAdam might be able to pull that campaign off up there in Alaska, but it was not to be. I think the power structure in Alaska uh, unified around Murkowski. And uh, while this um, um, right-in Senate race is uh, not unprecedented in American history, I I think Strom Thurmond was the last one to actually win uh, that sort of a contest, uh, it would be very fascinating indeed to see it uh, uh, maybe materialize. And that would, of course, be a defeat for a real Tea Party cuckoo, uh, uh, Joe Miller. And as I pointed out with the uh, election of Rand Paul uh, many, many months ago when he won the primary and was uh, favored to win, I just pointed out, look, he's just replacing another goofball nut in the Senate, Jim Bunning. Uh, who should uh, never uh, come back to uh, Michigan since he openly opposed the auto bailouts, and that would have created economic catastrophe for the United States, and unemployment would be much, much higher uh, than it already is. And uh, it's plenty high and plenty problematic. Obviously, the uh, main issue that the media is talking about is this unemployment situation, the job situation. But if you cut spending, which is the agenda of the conservative Republican, and even John Boehner made such a comment, uh, you don't create jobs. Uh, you usually uh, cut jobs. So uh, cutting spending is inconsistent with, uh, with jobs, and I would recommend reading Paul Krugman and Joseph Stiegelitz, uh, two Nobel Economic Prize winners in recent years, who keep pointing out that the uh, stimulus package in the United States has been inadequate. It was also poorly explained by the Democrats. Uh, I saw the Democrats defend it in a number of debates, uh, and they did a much better job defending it than uh, Obama did. In fact, Julianas in Illinois might have been the best explainer of it. Basically, a third of it was, were tax cuts. Um, when have the Republicans been against tax cuts? Well, apparently they're against tax cuts when Obama has his name on the bill, or it's called a stimulus package. Tax cuts are part of uh, macroeconomics. Uh, Tax cuts do not create jobs. They create deficits. That's been their record for 30 years, and why we continue to have completely unscientific debate about this issue continues to escape me. Um, By the way, in Florida, just real quickly, Rubio got 48.9% of the vote. So he didn't get 50% of the vote either. Now, he may be a rising star in the Republican Party, But he's not a Tea Party person. He's a mainstream Republican running on a very conservative agenda in the right year in which which that message uh, worked. Um, So, yes, tax cuts are going to be the upcoming debate that we have in our country as to whether or not we should extend them. Um, I think Obama needs to draw the line here. Uh, one of uh, the interesting downfalls of Obama in terms of his failure to properly message was when he appeared on John Stewart's show, which I actually watched. I don't watch Stewart all the time, but occasionally. I deliberately watched the night that Obama appeared. And the thing that summed it up perfectly for why the Democrats had so many problems was when Obama said, quote, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the exact quote in front of me, we've done things that you don't even know about. And Stewart's response was, oh, you've got a surprise party plan for us. And, of course, it was yuck, 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 and it wasn't uh, the case. But, indeed, on the 19th of uh, October, in an article by Michael Cooper, um, they had a a front-page story from Obama, the tax cut nobody heard of, which detailed the fact that in a poll conducted by the New York Times a month earlier, fewer than one in ten respondents knew that the Obama administration had lowered taxes for most Americans. Fewer than one in ten. That's a failure of messaging. This was a third of the so-called stimulus package. The other third of the stimulus package was basically uh, infrastructure, shovel-ready stuff, Uh, highway uh, jobs, uh, street repaving, go around Ann Arbor. There's There's stimulus money being spent all over Ann Arbor. Now, those companies that are being hired, by the way, are not based in Ann Arbor. They're based in southeast Michigan. That creates jobs. They're temporary jobs, and they mitigate unemployment. The other third of the stimulus package, for the record, was basically direct aid to the states to deal with their deficit problems, their budget problems. And since the Republicans are taking over uh, the uh, the governor's uh, positions in a lot of states, including Michigan, um, that stimulus money that some of them have denounced, first of all, none of them uh, turned down the money. There was a big uh, brouhaha in uh, Texas by um, the governor of Texas, Rick Perry, who uh, I predict will run for president. And... Um, he may want to look at the results, by the way. Uh, he didn't do as, quite as well as you might think. only got 55% of the vote in Texas. Texas has an unemployment rate close to 9%. Uh, it's not uh, as great a place to live as people think. I'll have more on Texas in upcoming shows. But uh, one would think that uh, if uh, he were doing such a great job in Texas, uh, he would have won by a bigger margin than 55. He won by 13 points, but uh, he only got 55.1% of the vote in Texas. Uh, By the way, there's only three states with unemployment below 5%. Wyoming, North Dakota, and Alaska. See anybody uh, packing up their bags to move to those states? I don't think so. And if the red... red, what I call the red toxic sludge with their mixed messages, their contradictory history, and their sort of bizarre theories about fiscal policy, deficits, the debt, etc., don't want to actually cut spending. You know, they're talking about $100 billion. Whatever. Uh, We've spent that kind of money on the Iraq War uh, times 10. Uh, if, If you want to look at the actual facts, Joseph Stiglitz... Has predicted that the Iraq war will cost America $3 trillion. What have we accomplished over in Iraq? Nothing. Uh, In fact, it's been counterproductive. And yet George Bush apparently is uh, going to be on the talk show uh, circuit this week promoting his book, whatever it's called, Decision Points or Moments of Decision or Moments of Decisiveness. Uh, No, Moments of Stupidity and Irresponsibility. Um on the eve of the war, uh there were predictions about the federal deficit it's interesting um the white House which uh, the Bush White House, which had inherited a surplus, noted that the um, taxes the cutting the taxes that bush was uh, uh, pushing through was going to rapidly increase the deficit and uh that the house this is before the Iraq war started on the fifth of march two thousand and three Edmund Andrews pointed out uh that the uh deficit for the first three months of uh two thousand and three before the Iraq war had even started was ninety four billion dollars. Uh, one is curious where on earth the tea party was back then or why they didn't protest the war a little more more vociferously um and uh, the House analysts at the time, the CBO, estimated that the Bush estimates regarding the, de- the deficit, which they uh, claimed would hit a record $304 billion, um, as as the Edmund Andrews article, I'll quote it, the White House has already estimated that the budget deficit this year will hit a record $304 billion, a calculation that includes the effect of the administration's tax-cutting proposals though not the cost of the war in Iraq. In other words, the tax cuts were already creating massive deficits within two years of their enactment. Uh, this, by the way, is before the fiscal year is, is up. And that's another thing that Americans just simply are confused about. They don't understand uh, the budget numbers at all. Uh, they don't understand the size of uh, some of the departments that they think cutting will uh, you know, save all this money, won't save much money at all. And uh, one area where I think Obama has got to be more aggressive is when they want uh, cutting, when they want to cut spending in their states or want to uh, refuse uh, stimulus money, give it to them. Take away the money. Don't give it, you know, you want the, you want the spending cuts, you got them. But they're not going to create jobs. And uh, it's time, f- uh, you know, it's time for the voters uh, to uh, man up about their deficits that they've created. They've been creating these deficits dating back to Ronald Reagan. The facts are unambiguous. Go check out the World Almanac. Read every year from 1982 onward, and you'll, you'll see what the facts are. And, of course, Bill Clinton hit the nail on the head when he called this the most fact-free election in American history. Now, obviously, the, the damage to the Democrats is uh, palpable, and it's uh, clear cut. Uh, they're done in the South. Uh, Lyndon Johnson famously said in uh, 1965, these were in the Johnson tapes, probably in a conversation with Richard Russell, a longtime chairman of the Armed Services Committee, that uh, by uh, enacting the Civil Rights Act, I've uh, written off the South for the Democrats for at least 40 years. That realignment is complete. And that is the big question. Do we have permanent realignment or are we going to play ping-pong for the next couple of years? I suspect ping-pong. I suspect that the South has permanently been realigned. In short, the Democrats can't lose any more seats because they don't hold any seats down there. They none, There aren't any senators left in the South. The two exceptions being Virginia and North Carolina. Obama won both of those uh, states uh, in the 2008 election. And it's been pointed out that There were 49 House seats that McCain carried in 2008 that the Democrats were defending. So thus, as I say, when they recaptured their flag, that's essentially what happened, though there were certainly gains for the Republicans. Most of those gains occurred in the uh, state legislatures, in the governor's races, and a couple of Senate seats that I've already mentioned. But obviously the big gains for the Republicans are in Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Maine, and Wisconsin. Those are five key states that Obama needs to hold on to if he's going to win re-election. And indeed, in Maine and Wisconsin, two of the coldest states in America, I might add, um, not only did the, the state legislature go to the Republicans, they the, the, both the Senate and the House in both states they flipped. Those were the two states that went from Democratic control to Republican control. But those are the only states, two states that did that. Everything else is sort of a mixed uh, a mixed uh, 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 picture. Um, and we don't need to break everything down, but it's interesting that those are the two key states where the Republicans are in control, were in control, they're still pretty much in control. They gained uh, a couple of confederacy uh, states. But a lot of this is the return to the mean. The one area that's still now up for grabs completely is the Big Ten Conference. Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin. That's where the Big Ten teams are in uh, football, basketball, etc. And that is where the Republicans, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) clearly uh, gained seats. I'd say another uh, silver lining for the Democrats was North Carolina. They didn't get clobbered in North Carolina. Why? Well, North Carolina is a diversified state between rural and industrial and high tech. They've got the research triangle there between Duke, NC State, and uh, Chapel Hill. High-tech jobs are being created in uh, North Carolina. People are getting wealthier in North Carolina. North Carolina and Virginia are breaking away from the Confederacy as Kentucky uh, fades further into it. And uh, West Virginia was another little silver lining for the Democrats. Um, Joe Manchin clobbered. John Racy, uh, who, by the way, was endorsed by Sarah Palin as uh, the next uh, senator from Pennsylvania. She couldn't get the two states correct. But she's going to be a power broker. Don't uh, overrate or overstate uh, Palin's uh, role in this election because it was minor. Uh, most of her candidates lost. Uh, sure, she cherry-picked a few winners, but not too many. Um, I think that E.J. Dionne and... Uh, Chris Matthews, who is a kind of obnoxious, boisterous guy, but he loves politics and occasionally his analysis is good. Chris Matthews got it correct. He said that the Democrats have a big problem from Scranton to Oshkosh, the Big Ten conference that I'm just talking about. This is where, this is the, the part of the country that made America, the American middle class. This is the manufacturing sector. And these people have been getting clobbered for 40 years. This dates back to Richard Nixon and the oil embargo, and American people are blaming the wrong uh, the wrong thing. This is a structural problem in the American economy that needs big ideas to fix, and tax cuts for rich people ain't going to fix these problems because they don't live uh, in uh, uh, the Scranton to Oshkosh uh, region. Some of them do, but most of them live in New York City, L.A., and San Francisco. Blue states, which, of course, the blue states and the blue areas of America are the ones that create the jobs. Just look at the congressional map, and you'll see how well the Democrats did in most of our urban areas, where most of the jobs and most of the companies that create jobs in America are located. Yeah, there's this myth about small business, and there are some fringe jobs created by restaurants here and there that open up, but... uh, You put Detroit out of business, uh, as uh, many of the Confederate senators wanted to do, you can kiss America goodbye, and you can kiss the middle class goodbye. I think that E.J. Dionne and others pointed out that the electorate in these off-year elections are completely different than the presidential elections. It's interesting that people under 30 in 2008 outnumbered people over 65, and they voted overwhelmingly for Barack Obama. Not John McCain, but in this particular election, people over 65 outnumbered people under 30 by 2 to 1. These are two different electorates, and it's a much whiter, older, more conservative electorate. Don't be fooled by the health care issue either. That was only selected by 9% of voters for why they made their decision. What were tax cuts? Tax cuts were 11%. And yet you're going to see the Republican Party overplay their hand as they already have, because those are the two things they're talking about, uh, about what they want to pursue, their agenda. And it's wrong. Uh, I just wanted to remind you that you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I didn't even need a prompting from Andrew, our reliable engineer. Uh, I just happened to Poked my uh, my head up and noticed that the clock said eight o'clock, and I knew that we forgot to set our clocks back down here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. But it's interesting that an, a new an analysis about tax cuts that was produced uh, a couple of months ago from economic research e- economic research.